Good evening. My name is Ryan Evans, along here with uh, Deanna Barker, and we'd like to welcome you to the broadcast premiere of Mystic Misfits. This is our first podcast episode. Um, so again, my name is Ryan Evans, and I'm the owner-operator of a metaphysical store located in Fort Worth, Texas called the Aura Clinic. And um, basically, we sell all kinds of uh, metaphysical items from essential oils to crystals and stones, um, statues, incense, sage, candles, lots of candles. Um, And then we uh, provide services such as um, uh, intuitive readings uh, with tarot cards, oracle cards, um, uh, biofeedback readings, uh, basically live aura analysis. Um, And then we do... uh, we also do cleansings, uh, energy transference, uh, otherwise known as Reiki, and things like that. Um, so I am here with my friend and colleague. Her name is Deanna Barker. And Deanna, uh, welcome. Are you excited? Yes, I'm very excited. And thank you for having me here. Well, I'm glad that you are here. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without you because we're we're both mystic misfits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself as well. Okay, again, my name is Deanna Barker. I go by Chaplain Deanna Barker. I am transgendered. I have a master's degree in divinity, and I graduated from Liberty University in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, in December of 2021. In a brief time, I also worked at Parkland Hospital here in Dallas, Texas, in the chaplaincy department. And at present, I have my own ministry, Big Planet Ministries, that helps low-income families with food, shelter, and rent assistance when funding is available. So so in a nutshell, that's that's what I'm all about. So in a nutshell, you, um, uh, you practice what you preach. I try to. You try to, and so do I. So Deanna is, uh, I've known, we've known each other for what, about? five or six years now yes yeah i mean we so dan and i met through a a mutual friend of ours um the late and great john loza uh, who passed away back in i I think 2019 or 2018 i'm sorry uh him and his husband david um i think uh, deanna saw them here on facebook at the store and then you and i started the chat and stuff like that and then you came in and yeah we've been friends ever since um this project working on a podcast or something together has been in the works for a long time but just due to timing constraints and um, financial constraints we could never really get something manifested but uh, now is the time and it it hopefully um, it will work out definitely Um, so the whole purpose behind this pod this podcast is we want to help inspire, but we also want to help educate and explain to people who are just not familiar or just not aware um, of the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations that um, we have both experienced, uh, whether it be in the LGBTQ community or just uh, in society in general, about um, being gay and pursuing a spiritual path for a professional career as well. Um, And how, uh, 
um, that has uh, obviously made it very difficult for us to grow and to understand ourselves uh, and to just basically fit in. Um, so that that's the purpose of this podcast. We want people to to recognize um, the hardships uh, and if anyone's identifying with those hardships um, and to understand that um, as the saying goes, it does get better um, as time goes on and how to try to make yourself either fit in or to fit in within yourself, to feel happy and content with what you're doing, to be uh, proud of what you're doing in any type of spiritual work. Um, and if you identify as LGBTQ or just different overall, um, because even just pursuing a, either a metaphysical background or sometimes even now nowadays just a spiritual background, um, being a pastor or a chaplain, it, it it's... It's still difficult. People um, misunderstand um, because there's a lot of negative connotations out there across the board. So that's that's what this podcast is about, trying to uh, sh- shed some light on these differences. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. Um, so to go a little bit deeper about what I do... Um, like I said, I, I own a store called the Aura Clinic. Um, we've been open for about seven years now here in Fort Worth. Uh, prior to that, my mom and dad opened up another store uh, called uh, Psychic Eye Visions, which uh, was open for nearly 18 years. So um, I think overall we've been open for over 25 years now. Um, and uh, it just basically um, transitioned into... Uh, something a little bit larger, bigger and better, as I like to say. Uh, but primarily, um, I am a, uh, a spiritual life coach, uh, intuitive, uh, definitely a healer as well. My forte is divination, so I do the divinatory pra- uh, practice. Um, I'm a divinatory practitioner for the most part. So I use tarot cards, oracle cards, just my innate uh, intuitive abilities to read people kind of uh, uh, predict the events that might be unfolding for them um, over the course of you know several months or a year. I've been doing that since I was 10 years old and I've turned uh, 43 uh, this year so I've been doing it for a very long time um, and I thoroughly enjoy doing it. I enjoy reading people um, and helping them guide them uh, maybe forewarning them about events or decisions that they're about to embark on uh, and to also make them aware of about opportunities that might be coming their way because people do not seize on opportunity either due to uh, them being oblivious or uh, just out of fear as well people don't do that um, and that's what I, I try to help with uh, just kind of uh, alerting them as to what's going on and trying to foresee some of these events unfolding for them it's basically scenarios playing out the scenarios um and of course tarot cards uh help to do that um and they do it really really well especially when you have uh lots of practice in in years of it and just you're able to connect with people with your within the confines of your auras and your energy and spirit so um if you're interested definitely check us out uh our website is myauraclinic.com and 
if you're also interested in, let me just do a little plug here, but if you're also interested in um, buying some stones or uh, crystals, candles, uh, things like that, you could also check out our new website, which we've just launched, our online store, which is called uh, Aura, A-U-R-A, 411.com. So definitely come and check that out. Um, and if you're interested in what Deanna does, you could definitely check her website out. Uh, Deanna, what's your website again? It's going to be www.bigbigplanetplanetministries.org. Bigplanetministries.org. Now, I've, like I've said earlier, like we've talked about, I've known Deanna for a long time. She gets out there and she does help people when the resources permit. So if you're uh, maybe wanting to network with her, to work with her, uh, do some donations, uh, please check out her website. Uh, that would just be awesome. Um, obviously, with the more resources at her disposal, the more people that she can help. And there's there's a lot of people that need help. Uh, even here in the our shopping complex, there are tons of, of people uh, that just show up periodically and, you know, are homeless and they live around in, in this, in the complex and they need a lot of help. And people like Deanna are, are, um, are definitely godsends, um, along with the people that help Deanna in terms of like donations and things like that. So we, we could, uh, we could always use more to do more for others. Absolutely. Um, so Deanna, do you want to start off and tell people a little bit more about your, your background? Why are you a misfit? Let's dive deep into it. Let's just get into it. I guess I'm a misfit because I'm transgendered and I, I grew up, we were talking about earlier about high school and I was telling you high school is, was a total nightmare for me. Oh God, high school. Yeah. High school, because I was trying to find myself, I was trying not only to succeed in school, but then at home I had I had my dad uh, who was abusing my mother and the energy at home was just not right. It was totally negatively charged. Oh my, what kind of abuse was he doing? Physical if you don't mind abuse. talking. Oh wow. Okay. Physical abuse. Physical abuse, was, and then he wasn't a very good provider, didn't stay on his job and... So I, had, I was dealing with a lot of that at home as well as trying to find my way, which is, which as I graduated high school and went into college and stuff, needless to, to say, um, you know, I experimented with things outside of the norm and it probably shouldn't have done that because it led to a lot of trouble. But it also gave me a lot of experiences that I wouldn't have normally had mm-hmm. if, if, if I had not done those experimental things um do you do you mind telling us like what type of things you experimented well, with experimented with you know weed weed okay weed uh that and alcohol okay was a, was a big factor how old were you when you when all this was going on i was 18 oh okay all right i was 18 yeah i, was... I mean i know that there are adolescents that obviously experiment with things like that even earlier on but so 18 is not too bad <laughs> yeah it's i started experimenting towards the graduation of 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 high school and then into my college years which mm-hmm. 
18 to, I guess, say 27, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, yeah, there there was some jail time involved. Oh, okay. Yeah, DWIs. Yeah, uh, but that, that came later on, though, right? Yeah, that came later on, and, and yeah. you know, then getting, getting, you know, caught with weed. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, that's not good, but. That's not good. But you know what? That's an eye-opening experience. It's an eye-opening experience. And at the time I was going through it, you know, I thought I was the total, total Mm screw-up. And that I never amount to anything. And But those experiences played a role in becoming who I am today and my Mm -hmm. ability to minister to others Mm -hmm. that are going through that or been through that and to tell them, hey, listen, I know the situation looks bleak now, Mm -hmm. but there's hope and you can come out with a testimony and you can be an inspiration to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean... (laughs) Okay, so some of those things that you just described, you know, uh, especially about the abuse at home between your dad and your mom and stuff, that is that is extremely unfortunate. But that is, um, unfortunately, all too normal in society. It does happen very frequently. Um, and nowadays, of course, with the Me Too, Me Too movement and just people being more aware that they have options, you don't have to stay in a, obviously, a dead-end abusive relationship. Um, you know, that is changing, but still it's, people, people don't always, uh, they're not always accepting of that information and they get stuck in a vicious cycle. But, but the other things about the experimenting and stuff, I think that that's pretty normal for the most part for a lot of people experimenting with either the sex or the drugs or the drinking, um, at some point in time in their life. I, I, I think so, but I, I think because of what I experienced growing up as as a child, um, in that household with my dad and stuff like that, I think I think it was I took it a more of extreme than the normal person would have. Maybe trying to self medicate. Yes. Okay. But with that, do you um, obviously that has made you who you are today? All of that helped to shape it was building your foundation to who you become today. Um. At that point, at what age did you know you were different sexually in terms of your sexual interest? Oh, 15 or 16. Okay. So nothing before that, though, right? Mm, not that I recall. Okay. I think I, I recall knowing that I was different when I was eight years old sexually. Um, I think the definitive defining moment was when I watched The Wonder Years for the first time, that first episode with Fred Savage, and I saw him kissing um, his girlfriend on their Winnie. And that's when I realized, I was like, you know, I think I really like Fred Savage. I think I might be gay. Um, So, yeah, that was probably about eight years old. Um, That's when I knew I was just really different. I also liked Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation. I liked him a lot as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely knew I was different early on. Um, but do you think that that part being, or identifying as maybe gay at that point in time made you the misfit back then? I think so. Cause I think, I think the moment you become gay, you're, you automatically become a misfit. Yeah. At, at least the, the moment you recognize you're, that you're different, you're gay. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I would agree. It, that That is a total 
a different dimension <laughs> for a person's <laughs> psyche to know that you're you're interested in the same sex. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a different. But at that time, when you were fifteen, did you rec- did you realize that you might be transgendered? No, it wasn't until later after I went to college that you realized. Yeah, that there's still something else that needs to be done. Correct. Yeah. Did you fit in when you were in college? Did you have those kind of opportunities? <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of fit in and I kind of didn't fit in. Yeah. I had friends who were accepting of it and, and then, you know, and then there were other situations where it wasn't accepted, mm-hmm. you know? And back then I'm, I'm gonna say my age, I'm 52 now. So back then- I'm 43, so okay. <laughs> So back then, in, in those times, it was really hard to be accepted to be transgendered or gay and get a job, like a normal job, and mm-hmm. be accepted and stuff like that. So friends were accepting, but, you know, it was hard to find a job where you could be tolerated. Which, at that time, I mean, really at any point in time, uh, in your adult life, if you're if it's difficult to find a job, and you know that it's because you might be different, different looking, different acting, you know, than everyone else. Yeah, you know that's gonna hit really hit your psyche and your confidence and your personality. You're gonna take that's gonna take a huge chunk out of that and pull on your confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I I'm in the same boat. Obviously, I was just very very different. I was a very different kid growing Mm up. I was very dorky and nerdy, and I had very long hair. My parents, I mean, obviously I I got haircuts, but they still kept my hair long. And then when I was in middle school, I realized that I needed glasses because I couldn't see the chalkboard or the dry erase board. Uh, So if I was sitting in the back, I was definitely pretty blind. And then so when I needed the glasses and stuff, that just made it worse. (laughs) <laughs> the way I looked, um, and the way I acted. I mean, I didn't act flamboyant, but people still kind of assumed I was just gay. I guess because I was just so different. Right. Yeah, it was just, and that was really hard. And I was, uh, I mean, I didn't dress gay or anything like that. Uh, I didn't dress flamboyantly, but I was. No matter what, it was just my the way I acted and my personality, the way I spoke. Um, it was just hard to fit in uh, to any of the cliques. So I was pretty much still on my own. I had friends, but in middle school and high school, but it was still very, very difficult. Right. I, high school was the worst, of course. Middle school wasn't too bad. I think I was voted most likely to succeed in middle school, but high school was just, yeah. And I attended high school here in Fort Worth. Uh, well, actually, I, I attended two years of Richland High School. Um, ISD and then two years here in, at Arlington Heights in Fort Worth and it was still very very difficult yeah yeah and I, I know it's like that for a lot of people out there still yeah I mean I, I, I can relate to what you went through I mean I wore glasses too in high school mm-hmm. so you know it's nothing like being called four eyes or <laughs> some other derogatory word and then compile that with being gay <laughs> Well, and my parents weren't, and I don't blame them, bless their hearts. So I loved, I loved my mother very, very much, and 
Uh, yeah, I care about my dad. <laughs> um, um, but no, I definitely love my mother. Um, the the first pair of glasses that they got me uh, were very large glasses. <laughs> the frames were pretty big, um, and they weren't thinking about style at that point in time. They were just thinking about uh, my father had a pair of these these frames, and he was just thinking about price, I guess affordability so no needless to say they did not look the best on me and they didn't add to any special type of charisma for sure right <laughs> so um yeah i mean the uh, being the misfit that started very young for me obviously um and then growing up in a family of intuitives of psychics basically um my grandmother my mom's mom uh, did all types of spiritual work her entire life. Uh, I grew up around so much spiritual iconography and symbols and that. Uh, Jesus pictures and Trinity pictures and crosses and uh, all types of other things, different candles, um, stones and tools. And I would, you know, I was very close with my maternal grandmother and, uh, you would see her go into her private office at home with clients and these, you know, strangers and things like that when I was growing up. And uh, same thing with my mom. I would come home from school and there would be strangers in our house. Um, my mom would be on the floor doing a ritual with them and, you know, and chanting and praying and stuff like that. <laughs> so I did not have a typical childhood, not at all. Um, but all of that helped me to obviously do what I do now. Um, that was a, a very good foundation. But it just kept going on. So um, here it is. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm stupid. There Obviously, there's times that everybody could be a little naive. But I would say that I was uh, pretty bright growing up, pretty intelligent, uh, very much into science and technology. And I love Star Trek. I'm a huge Trekkie. But at the same time, I also grew up with, a strong spiritual background and some of it was based on the um, strong uh, Christian overtones uh, because of the amount of Jesus that was spoken about but also the other stuff uh, the crystals the stones the uh, the can uh, the candles the rituals uh, the prayers things like that the tarot cards um, I grew up around all of that I picked up my mom's deck of Rider weight cards when I was 10 and I was fascinated with them and the imagery and all that other stuff uh, and I started to play with them and dabble with them and um, my mom also had a special VHS video explaining tarot cards and how to use them and stuff like that back then and I would watch that all the time and try to learn and mm -hmm. um, but even before that um, Growing up, I heard a lot of voices. I heard a lot of voices, and um, sometimes it would maybe appear as it would as as if it was your inner voice, like my inner voice. But then sometimes I just heard voices, and um, after a while, I think when I probably turned maybe seven or eight, um, could have been a little younger, but somewhere around there, it got to a point to where it was just overwhelming. Like, it was kind of really driving me crazy. 
and um, it got to the point to where I know I was crying a lot. I you know kept telling my mother and my grandmother, um, you know, I hear voices. It just won't stop. Um, so I don't know exactly what they did, but they did some type of ritual, and I know I ate something. And after that, the voices subsided a lot. And um, as I you know, got a little older, um, I, got, I became a little bit more in control over it. So I, I thank them a lot for doing what they did. And if I was to ask my mother, I don't know if she would remember or not, but I do have to ask her. I don't think she remembers exactly what uh, my grandmother gave me to eat, but it was that it was something considered holy. So, but yeah, it's it, it it's definitely um, it it's been a long road. Um, with the whole um, growing up around all of the mysticism and the occult, which the word occult, it, I'm not see, I'm not using the word cult because cult is going to be a, a a gathering of people, but the word occult is basically secret knowledge or secret information. So you know, growing up around that type of stuff, the mysticism, I, I would go with my mom to other metaphysical stores um there's a real famous one uh which is kind of like a chain it's called psychic eye um and bookstores in los angeles uh, i would go to with her there and to other like botanicas and things like that and um when she would go and pick up items or tools or whatever and, um, so i was surrounded by it all the time um growing up with the whole um and the rituals the praying uh my mom being on the phone with clients or customers from you know all over the country or the world, and same thing with my with my grandma, even my female cousins, they all are gifted in some form or fashion. Uh, doesn't mean that they do it for a living, but uh, the, the intuition has run very strong in my family, on my mom's side for sure. So um, I've been exposed to it for a very very long time. Um, In your family, the whole um, ministry thing, or would you say that any of them were any of them preachers in your lineage? Or? No, but I come from <clears throat> a Creole family, mm -hmm. so they had their they had their own rituals of doing things. If you know what I mean, I do know what you mean, <laughs> girl. I know what you mean. Well, tell us, what'd you pick up on? Is there some good love rituals? I don't know about love rituals. I do know when we were sick, they did special prayers and mm -hmm. they did special things with herbs and place it on your forehead or around mm -hmm. your chin and pray over you and, and tongues or... I'm not even sure if it's tongues. It's it's just like a Creole French language. So. Okay, it's kind of maybe like a little bit of a mixture. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean my family is very similar. Obviously, uh, a very close knit family. Um, there's no doubt that I'm closer to my mom's family, my the maternal side of my family, than my, than the paternal. Um, and uh, I was like I said earlier, I was very close to my grandmother. Uh, my mom and dad had their issues obviously young couple they got married when they were 18 so and they had me like two years later um so i mean yeah they had their issues and they were going back and forth and my father uh 
wasn't always around. Uh, I think at one point my mother left him for a while and then he kind of got back together. But he was always uh, very busy taking care of his parents as well. So I know that they had their issues, um, which I don't want to go off on. Uh, I don't want to digress, but I mean, again, no matter what, I had a, a very close-knit family. Um, and they, I, of course, that close-knit family, the showing the love and the compassion and the caring uh, and you know, constantly being around my cousins and stuff, I know that that helped me uh, where... And in, in place of where I maybe didn't have friends at school and stuff like that, I still had my family to come home to. Uh, there was always somebody to maybe, like, play with or do something with. But I remember as I started to get older, that kind of faded, too, because I didn't really fit in with my cousins. They were all wanting to go do certain things, and I was more about, well, let me let me take this electronic device apart and play with it. <laughs> Instead of like going to the movies, uh, or like let, instead of going swimming, I never learned how to swim in all these years. I've tried, um, but and my, my cousin tried to teach me and stuff. But my mom was definitely always very pro, uh, protective and things like that. So um, close knit also means protective in certain ways. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean that's definitely a little bit about my my past. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, I did not know that this is this type of work that I do now, uh, owning a metaphysical store, doing readings day in and day out, doing services, conducting rituals for clients, things like that. I had no idea that that was really what I was going to be doing. Basically, when I was younger in high school and stuff like that, I wanted to be either maybe like a physicist, but I was not good at math, and then I wanted to be maybe like a psychologist or psychiatrist um and then it went into being a lawyer a politician I really had this thing with wanting to be a politician and grow up to be president one day thank god I didn't do that because looking at how everything has unfolded with politics you'd have to be insane to want to be president of the United States (laughs) (laughs) um um it's not a job for um it's just, it's just not a job. It's more of a madhouse, obviously. Um, it would be a great honor, but it definitely you, you will age, and it's like nobody would appreciate any of the work that you do. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to do all these other things. I, doing this was not what I had in mind, not at all. I've tried, I, I tried school multiple times. I did the University of Phoenix. I did uh, the University of uh, Texas at Arlington. Uh, I also did some uh, Dallas uh, County Community College for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've done school, but I've never been able to finish school. So it's not that I'm not educated. I just don't have that background or I haven't had the ability, the tenacity to finish like you have. Uh, which, by the way, I give you, you know, definitely kudos for that because it is not easy. Right. I, I finished, but it took a very long, 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 long time. <laughs> a very long time. I get that. I get that. Well, and like, okay, so like you have, you know, people have obviously different regrets, right, throughout life. But I, I, I know that education is something that can be fixed at any point in time. It's not a mistake uh, that cannot be rectified or, or fixed. You can, if it's actually probably the only mistake that could ever be fixed, 
and, and rectified and resolved is your education because you can go back at any point in time. And there have been people uh, in their 80s that have shown us that they could do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too late for me, obviously. I'm 43, so I definitely uh, want to, to finish school um, and, do, and, and get a degree probably in psychology at least because uh, that's kind of what I do as well every day. But, um, let's see here. So, Deanna, uh, you said you were probably about 25 when you realized that the, the transgender thing? Yeah. Yeah. Right around that age. What, can you t- tell the audience what that was like um, to, to understand that, to recognize that, to be aware of, like, cognizant of... Oh crap! I think I and I think I need a different body, or I'm in the wrong body. <laughs> <laughs> I think that going out with my friends during that time and going out to the clubs and and seeing a, a lot of flamboyant gay guys and I just realized that hey, well that's not quite how I envision myself to be, mm-hmm. or how I see myself to be. So if I'm not that, then what am I? Mm-hmm. So let me preface this though, before I say something. So I'm actually very frank and candid and I'm very vulgar. I love to cuss, um, which I know some studies have shown that if you do cuss, you're, you're very creative and pretty smart, mm-hmm. but, um, but uh, so if I don't cuss during this first episode of the podcast, I will definitely cuss in the following episodes. <laughs> but um, so being gay by itself, that was a huge identity identity crisis for me growing up. Uh, and that was definitely a part of what made me a misfit just by itself, in and of itself, just being gay. And um, the time frame that, of course, I was growing up in and the same time frame that you were pretty much growing up in as well, I guess. Um, um, and dealing with the cultural issues, even within my close-knit family, it was still, that was very taboo and not to be ever spoken of. Um, so yeah, being gay by itself, um, whether you're going to be a homosexual or a lesbian, um, that by itself is devastating, w- knowing how culture perceives it, how the culture, our society perceives mm-hmm. it. Um, and I've said this to myself many, many times uh, because there were times that I, I definitely contemplated, uh, so, you know, suicide or, uh, how different I was, um, and just obviously dealing with the chronic depression over that and, and, uh, and the hiding it, hiding it in the closet, being in the closet so much, um, and hiding it from my family and all that other stuff. It was... It takes a huge toll on a person's psyche and their soul. But at this point, at 43, I've been able to navigate it, obviously, the best I can. And things have changed a lot in society, in our society, in our country, but there's still more work to be done, obviously. But it's still hard for me to fathom dealing with the idea of being with the same sex being emotionally connected to the same sex and being attracted to the same sex. I've had a hard time imagining what it would be like to be transgendered, to 
have those thoughts and those feelings that you're not in the correct body. Can you tell us a little bit more? Uh, and in your and hey, because this 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 is this is real. People like yourself have gone through this, and it's hard for others to even understand it. And I want, I want, I want, I want, I want our audience. I would like love for them to know. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to answer. I know it's hard. That's why we want to talk about it. <laughs> um, it's a hard one because no matter how hard you try mm-hmm. to transition. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a process, definitely a process. You don't always get it right, and there's always someone there to knock you down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there's always somebody there. There's always going to be a detractor, a hater somewhere. So it's very it's it's very hard for anyone who's well. Back then, when I was coming out, it was very hard to come out as transgendered. Mm-hmm. And, and, and live a life of, of transgender openly. Because you're 52 now and you came out, or you realized you were maybe transgendered at 25, so it was yeah. over 25 years ago. Yeah, so this is like yeah. 80s, mid-80s or something like that. Yeah. Let's see, 80s. No, maybe 90s? Yeah, 90, yeah. something like that. So back then I was I was bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I would bold. say so, yeah. I was bold out the my friends even my friends today from back then will even say that they said you were bold mm-hmm. you stepped out you didn't care what nobody thought mm-hmm. you lived your life and if you got shot down you just picked yourself up and you just kept on going mm-hmm. and that's basically how I was you know I, I, I caught attitude from 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 employers I caught attitude from my own family mm-hmm. and you know, but I kept going, and and I was I was bold. I was outside of my realm, and ahead of my time. Uh, for that period in my life, in the nineties. Now, so, and this is this is, and this is also because, um, you have to remember, there's the AIDS factor, right. Medication wasn't as good then, and and, and and it wasn't readily available at all. No. You know, and you were ostracized for that for mm-hmm. being gay and and the AIDS factor. Oh yeah, that so. was its own beast dealing with that right. by itself. Um. Uh, so you were bo- you were born as a boy, as a male. Yeah. And then you came out as gay. At that time, you identified as gay. Mm-hmm. The best term to describe it back then Mm -hmm. but then so like when you started to realize that you that there was something more that needed to be done do you recall what those feelings were what 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 was going through your mind well it's like I was saying earlier it's like you know I went out with friends and I I saw flamboyant guys and and I realized hey that this is not who I envision myself to be. So if I'm not this, then what am I? Mm-hmm. So that led to me going to see a psych doctor. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, this is what you are. Mm-hmm. Which is really a female. You're correct. Okay. 
and then so but then okay so I, and one of the things that really causes my brain to freak out uh, or my thought process is like if you're a guy you're born a male and you're gay you're gay so you're gonna like other guys but it, now if you're trans transgendered and you become a female the possibility is that you could become a female but then you could also still like guys and then like girls as well i know that there are people that have that type of thing too yeah that's and why that blows my mind that's why more. when you go to the psych doctor yeah you gotta live a year or two as a woman as a full-fledged woman mm -hmm. and that means you know waking up living 24 7 as a woman dressing as a woman dating as a woman mm -hmm. so that way you you don't have any confusions in your mind about mm -hmm. okay well i'm i want to be transgendered but in actuality i'm bisexual right So that definitely, you know what, I'm just going to cuss. That definitely is a clusterfuck in and of itself. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I know what I have gone through. Um, just identifying as gay and f having my own doubts, even though I know I am attracted to guys and emotionally attracted to them, but... There were so many things growing up, especially when I was in my 20s, that I was like, you know, I have to make sure um, because I just had so much guilt and so much guilt from how my parents took, uh, uh, handled when I came out of the closet and um, what I was just going through personally. And then you, uh, with my own lack of, of fulfilling my education and career and all that other stuff and horrible, horrible relationships. So, um, I mean, um, everything's on the table, obviously, because we want to help people as much as possible. But yeah, uh, when I was like 27 or something like that, I finally had sex with a woman. Um, and that's when I, I mean, that was confirmation for me that no, this, that this is not what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I, most of my clients are women and I love women. I love helping them and I can relate to them on so many levels, but I just can't be with them intimately and emotionally that way. Um, so yeah, I, I, I understand, but yeah, it's, uh, whether you're, you're gay or, or transgendered or lesbian, um, there's still, uh, it's no matter what, it's still unfortunately a, a clusterfuck, um, going through it and getting to a point to where you have your independence, uh, you're emotionally mature enough to understand it, and also dealing with the external um, existential pressures as well uh, in terms of dealing with the, how society perceives it as well. So, But things are getting better. So Yeah, yeah. Definitely things are getting better. Um, so that is also, I mean, one of the huge factors as to why we're, we're definitely misfits. Um, but we're misfits that after going through so many trials and tribulations each, um, we have a foundation, each of us, in our own right, our own way of uh, connecting to spirit. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, connecting to spirit. Um, connecting to... Uh, 
um, the whether we want to say the Trinity um, to the universe to God we both connect in our own ways and we both help people um, identify their connections as well to spirit we could say the universe that's fine uh, but just to know that there is a, a supreme being the, the the universe is organized there's intent behind it and that energy that connects all of us that flows through all of us some people refer to it as the Holy Spirit um, but it's definitely there and it has helped us to be where we are now um, which I accept myself 100% wholeheartedly I am gay um, and I am proud to say that uh, and it I shouldn't have to be proud to say it it should just be like oh okay well he's gay but I'm no matter what I'm still proud to say it um, and Deanna is gay as well but she's transgendered and I'm pretty sure you're proud to say it as well I am <laughs> no hesitations it's taking you it's taken you a long time to get where you are it's taken a long time not to just get where I am but it get comfortable in my own skin correct yeah definitely to get uh, comfortable in my own skin as well um, and to be honest with you uh, with all of our listeners out there that whole idea of choice to me is just completely idiotic because if I could have, I would have chosen to be straight and not to deal with all of these extra stresses and pressures and um, all of the ridicule by my own family members and having to see my parents cry and take pills and all that other stuff because I came out of the closet. It's not a choice. You just don't wake up one day and decide that you're gay. Not no, at all. No. Um, and that's not a choice that anybody in their right mind would make obviously with the way society is no you are inherently gay or you're inherently lesbian or uh, even inherently transgendered and um, again it's just not a choice you are who you are um, the universe God decided to make you that way and that is the way it is you do not wake up that way you're born that way and uh, I accepted that back in my late 20s um, and that's all she wrote about it would you agree yeah yeah I definitely agree I mean that's the same way with me it, it just took a it, for me I don't know about you but for me it took a, a number of years for me to come to acceptance to come to grips with it mm-hmm you know to oh yeah no no definitely took me a number of years I mean and then I had to actually go out and have sex with a woman and to try it and to, to know See, I never had that desire <laughs> to have sex with a woman yeah. yeah um no I just uh I I had to to do it just to to make sure that I wasn't kidding myself um but no I mean I it unfortunately it just did not work and and you know I liked I liked the fashion on TV I liked the women I liked watching the soap operas and watching the women with their fabulous clothes and that's mm -hmm. how that's how I knew that being a, a gay guy wasn't for me no no I totally agree I mean again I, as much as I love um, guys <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love to again because 
most of my clientele are female. I love to just shoot the shit with women um, because I relate to them so well on so many different levels and so many different dimensions. I mean, we just have really good dynamics. Um, and it's just, it's something that I love making women laugh. I love making anybody laugh if I can, but talking about guys and talking about dicks and sex and all this other stuff and all these little you know, uh, idiosyncratic things that guys do. I just love talking about that with women, and it's just it's it's really cool. Um, good camaraderie, <laughs> right? Um. So, with all of that said, um, I mean, my connection to spirit uh, is a little bit different than yours, but at the same time, not really. I mean, you are someone that um, when you you've, you you because you went to school, you you studied theology, um, and working with um, working with different spiritual texts and the Bible and things like that. Um, and we're not really debating the whole gay thing uh, in terms of uh, um, uh, biblical uh, biblical. Uh, I don't want to say accuracy, but um, legitimacy or anything like that. Um, it's more about the the spiritual aspect of the using your intuition. So um, a lot of people, obviously, are born with an innate sense of intuition. I think, mm-hmm. quite honestly, after 43 years of doing this, um, well, I should say 33 years, 33 years of doing this, but 43 years of experience overall because of my own experiences. Um, people have intuition. I think everybody's born with it. But there are some there are some people that are born with a, a more um, a pronounced um, acumen to it. Right. right? Uh, just like some people are born with d- these, these different talents, like some people could play basketball, um, at a very young age or play the piano or compose music, right? Some people are going to be very gifted in those specific talents early on. And some people are very gifted with the innate sense of intuition as well. But um, it, it, just for the sake of it, for you know, explaining to our audience, the idea of intuition and in terms of what you've studied, how does that pertain? Because a lot of people have intuition they want to uh, explore it, cultivate it, nurture it, but are afraid because of the way that they've grew that they grew up and what they were indoctrinated in, and that plays a huge role on them feeling like they're misfits as well. Mm. You can have any anyone you know can obviously have intuition, mm-hmm. but if you want to know if your intuition is correct, then you have to research it just like anything else. And if you want to know if you're biblically correct, well, then you really have to research it with the Bible and, and understand, um, exactly what was going on in each period of the Bible in terms of Old Testament, New Testament, uh, when the people were under law, when they were under the laws of chaos and, you know, and then we have the church that comes into being. Each one of those periods represents laws or rules that they were under that they had to govern by so if your intuition is about 
I don't know, give an example. I don't have an example off my head. Uh, mediums. So people that can actually speak to those that are deceased. Right. In the Old Testament, it might have been, it, they might have had an example where where they consulted a medium and it was considered um, by God to be an, an no-no. Mm-hmm. You know, but then maybe in the New Testament, under the church and stuff like that, it's not considered so much as a no-no mm-hmm. to do. And, and so you really have to just research it and make sure your intuition is, is in alignment with, with the church and with the Bible. And, uh, cause you don't, you don't want to be biblically wrong. We don't want to teach to people that it's okay to do things that are not of God. What like be, murder. Right. Exactly. Right. I was about to say what would be considered not of God. Obviously we don't want to, commit those types of crimes or anything like that but the idea of just being intuitive and and intuition is an umbrella term right Uh, covers everything pretty much so the dreams the deja vu the gut instincts the premonitions and then you have them and also the mediumship or possibly um, seeing light like energy around people their Mm -hmm. auras um, seeing lights orbs things like that um uh, and then you have the more specific skill sets of items like divination and uh, channeling and things like that. Um, if people are born with this, just like you and I were born gay, obviously, we had, um, even though that they were, even though when they walk into church and stuff like that and they hear that that's bad, that's evil, you're going to go to hell. Well, that's because it's outside of the church. If it was inside of the church, they wouldn't say that, you know, just like, you know, inside of some churches, they speak in tongues, Mm -hmm. you know, well, some churches, they speak in tongues and other churches, they forbid it, they forbid it, like the Jehovah Witnesses, they believe it's from, it's something satanic or Mm -hmm. something like that. So it's a people, it's a people's preference. It's a people's preference. It's a people's preference. Right. But if you look at if you look at the Bible itself, the gifts of the Spirit, one of them is speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. It's gifts from God. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, so that's what I say to in terms of mediumship towards to people who are psychic, to people who have that intuitive ability and stuff. Everyone is blessed with gifts from God. So. No, I mean, uh, uh, it's okay. It's, o- it's, it's okay. You're not a misfit, basically. Not, that's, right. what, that's our point, is that you're not a misfit if you are intuitive and you want to research your intuition and cultivate it and nurture it. It is a skill that you were given by God, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I know that you and I have had this conversation before, but... There's a gentleman by the name of Jordan Maxwell, and he uh, is on the Gaia Network. Uh, he has a, sh- a show called Secret Life of Symbols. So, and he specifically says that, um, and of course, if you go out there and research it yourself, you'll find the same thing. So, in Job 38, uh, 31 through, I think, 33, um, God speaks of, uh, or Job is talking about the, the ordinances of heaven. And that specific word is Maseroth, which basically means ordinance of heaven, which also translates into signs of the Zodiac. So the Zodiac is spoken about in the Bible 
but not in a negative connotation. It's about, have you seen the, uh, the ordinances of heaven? Um, basically saying that God, the, the ordinances of heaven, the zodiac, is a part of God. He created the heavens, of course, in the zodiac. So that's one um, example of how far back the idea of the zodiac goes. And I'm not an astrologer. Uh, that is not my uh, forte at 100 percent. Um, but the astrology part has been around for centuries. Of course, one of the most famous astrologers was, was Nostradamus um, and uh, predicting what he's predicted as well, foreseeing those things. But um, my point is, and I know Deanna has many uh, points on her of her own about um, where the Bible um, talks about the idea of intuition or the zodiac or uh, modern day people just getting and receiving information from God um, and how all of that relates um, to the idea that you're not a misfit. Um, you're not going to burn in hell or be cast out um, to oblivion or anything like that. Um, and that's not necessarily what this podcast is about. We're actually, I mean, it's not, it's not about that, but it's just the idea of knowing that you're different, knowing that you're interested in uh, spirituality, just not in an organized fashion, um, the way that you may have grown up, and how to be okay with that, and bettering yourself, cult, uh, nurturing yourself, cultivating yourself and your skills and your talents, so that you could become a balanced, harmonious uh, soul, basically, and potentially help others along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, people don't realize that crystals were used in the Bible. It was part of Jesus's headdress and his, his garments and uh, the things they created in the tabernacle mm -hmm. had jewels jewels were part of it so mm -hmm. i mean it, the same stones that we use today <laughs> the same stones we use today yeah absolutely so you know but you'll go to somebody's church and they'll say well no we don't use stones for meditation and but you can they just don't they just don't want you to they use don't want to sell you on that because that's going to take potentially attention and profit away from them Exactly, and it's not part of part of their belief system. Yeah, you know, so, but it's in the Bible, though. It's in the Bible, yeah. Now that's definitely going to be uh, another episode for us <laughs> talking about all that. That's going to be a, a whole episode. I can't wait for that. Um, but we definitely want we don't want to um, digress and get off uh, get off track for our first episode which is basically introducing you uh to us so um with that said um that's pretty much our backgrounds um again i mean i i grew up in a again very close-knit family who was uh, they were very intuitively inclined and um that's how i got into what i've been doing um uh, working with my working with my mom, uh, working I worked with my grandmother, but working with my mom for the most part, and um, 
again, it's not what I've wanted to do. Not at all. I've, again, I wanted to be a lawyer and a politician and all this other good stuff. But um, when God has a plan for you, when God wants you to do something very specific, um, he will make that happen <laughs> whether you want it to or not. And it's been very hard for me to get away from this. I'm very good at what I do um, in terms of reading people, helping people, um, um, infusing people with positive energy for the most part. Um, I just, I've been doing it for such a long time and um, it's, it's, I've had to accept th this notion that, hey, this is what I'm meant to do. Uh, when I was younger, I think when I was, what, 21, 20 or 21, uh, we went to Sedona, and there was an intuitive there at one of their crystal stores, metaphysical stores, and she looked at me, and she did some channeling. She put her hands up in the air, and she looked at me, and she's like, you are meant to be a healer. She told me that when I was, you know, very young. I was like, what the fuck is this woman talking about? <laughs> but Okay. And she was right. I mean, lo and behold, she channeled whatever she channeled. It was accurate. She got some good information because that is what I have become uh, is a healer. And, um, you know, quite honestly, I don't think I would change what I do. I always want to add. I want to add to what I do, obviously. Uh, like I was saying, saying earlier, I want to go back and get my uh, a math, uh, bachelor's in biology and stuff. Mm hmm Maybe maybe a PhD. I would love to be called Doctor Doctor Evans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I this is this is what I do, and I've come to accept it, and I I'm okay with being a misfit um, as long as I know I'm helping people. Yeah, I never wanted to be a chaplain or pastor. You don't say. Well, <laughs> I mean, twenty five. I mean, twenty five years ago, had you told me that. You would have laughed in my face. I would have laughed. I would have said, get out of here. You're crazy. <laughs> you want some drugs. What you, you been know? smoking? But I chose chaplaincy because I want to, as opposed to being a pastor, you know, pastor only pastors a certain religion, whether it's Catholicism, whether it's baptism, mm -hmm. or whether it's, you know, a Pentecostal. That's what a pastor, a pastor does. Mm -hmm. But a chaplain accepts everyone from all walks of life, whether they're believers, non-believers, Baptists, Catholic, no matter what you are, we accept you. Mm -hmm. We're there to help and we're just there to serve. Mm -hmm. So whether you believe or not, we're, we're, we're there. And that is the whole idea of this podcast is to accept everybody for you know what they believe or they don't believe. Right. Or, yeah. And to give people um, an idea that there's so much more out there. And to accept themselves as well. So, you, you brought up a good point. God, I totally forgot about that. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I, for me and my family, I, I had the, um, the iconography everywhere, right? Of Jesus and the Trinity and uh, the Holy Mother and, Rafa, and uh, Raphael or Michael, things like that. But uh, there were... Catholic churches that we've uh, that we attended. There were Greek Orthodox church churches that we've attended. Um, so uh, we we definitely have attended many different churches when I was younger. Um, so, but none of that ever frightened me or scared me away from doing what I do. It it never did. Um, sometimes when you tell people to be afraid, well, people kind of are like. 
well, wait, why should I be afraid? Don't tell me to be afraid of something. Right. <laughs> that in, that in, that innate instinct comes out of, like, to question everything. Um, and at this point in time, you, because of the way that I grew up and growing up around so many different ideas of spirituality and religion, um, I consider myself basically non-denominational and just spiritual. But I have a huge connection with the Trinity, with Christ. Um, and that's honestly because, um, probably because of the way I've grown up, but also because I've had many dreams, many you know, personal, vivid, detailed dreams with Christ or the Holy Mother and um, even the Father. So that is why I have a strong connection through that, through what's called the, or known as the Christ energy to do a lot of the work that I do. And that has definitely helped to formulate me as to who I am right now mm -hmm. with my abilities. Um, so I have no doubt that I was meant to be gay. I, I do question God about that. I was like, Lord, could you have made it just a little bit easier, <laughs> please? But, but being gay... Um, and going through the experiences that I've gone through has helped me to understand human love, the condition of being human and human love, loving other people and sexuality and understanding all of that more in depth. Um, so, and then adding the intuition to it is definitely understanding the human psyche um, more than what I probably would have ever understood, um, perhaps if I was just heterosexual. Or if I wasn't uh, maybe even doing this type of work, if I would just like, you know, kept it to myself, like I have vivid dreams or something, which I do have vivid dreams, but yeah. Yeah, well, the Bible, the Bible, there are several verses in the Bible that say that God will talk to you through your visions and dreams. Mm-hmm. Another podcast. <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast in and of itself. So, um... Well, so at this point, is there anything else that you wanna you wanna talk about? No. I think this is the first first good long start. <laughs> we don't want to bore our <laughs> listeners. Okay. So, um, we are probably going to start airing uh, each and every podcast um, uh, potentially every Sunday or Wednesday. Um, we we haven't decided yet, but this one uh, will be aired. Uh, obviously, whenever you're hearing it, so uh, definitely check back and um, you'll you could visit our website, which will be uh, mysticmisfits.net as well to get more information on postings. Um, and uh, don't forget to check out uh, our websites, uh, just about our um, our work that we do. Uh, again, mine's is myauraclinic.com. And then Aura411.com. And then Deanna's is um, BigPlanetMinistries.org. Again, Deanna could really use um, um, any donations uh, that you guys are willing to make uh, and able to make so that she could uh, continue her good work. Um, Deanna is a wonderful soul, uh, very compassionate, very caring, very loving. Uh, I've known her for a long time, and uh, she is extremely, she has a very high work ethic. She's been working. Uh, very hard to help as many people and to help educate herself as well so um any help that you could give her would be much appreciated 100 percent um 
And then if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out, contact us. Um, all that information will be posted on our uh, on our website, mysticmisfits.net. And with that, I will say good evening, and we hope to uh, we hope that you guys will tune in for our next episode. Many blessings. <laughs>